Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome back to Drew Presents with Drew, the podcast. So this week I have something to share with you guys. I have um, created an email address for the podcast. Yay! So the email handle is going to be Drew Presents, the number one, so don't spell out one, the number one at gmail.com. So again, it's Drew Presents, the number one at gmail.com. Dot com. So if you have any feedback, any questions, anything you want me to discuss, shoot me an email and, you know, I'll definitely look into whatever it is that you're saying. So this week I got the opportunity to speak with the Carrie Clark again, and it was my first in-person podcast. And were we six feet apart? I don't think we were six feet, but he's my cousin. So, I mean, whatever. And clearly we were both not sick. Um, we did. I did take his temperature. He took mine. And we're good. He's been with me for a little bit of time. He actually helped me out this week because I had some shit going on. So I definitely appreciate him. Um, I do want to wish two of my dearest friends a happy birthday, Eva and Jamal. I hope your days are filled with joy and lots of cake, amongst other things that we won't get into. And, you know, I'm not going to keep rambling. I want you guys to enjoy the show. And let give me some feedback if you can. I appreciate you guys. Stay blessed. Also get lots of rest. And when best comes to worst, or best, what, what is the saying? Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. You're going to be like, Drew, what the fuck are you saying? Enjoy the show. Wait, so hold up. Before we start the show, there was something funny that happened right before we started and i want you guys to hear it it's like 10 15 seconds before i actually start the show here it goes welcome to the moulin rouge with my girl christina Ah! (laughs) 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 oh god hello everybody welcome back to drew presents I am your host, Drew, and I'm, you know, this is my first in-person podcast. Right. Right. And we're we six have, feet. And we're six feet apart. Do we got the measuring tape? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here with the Carrie Clark. The Carrie Clark. Yes. Thank the, you. I love the, I love the correction you made. You know, you <laughs> found it. You found your I, voice. I found it. Yeah. <laughs> And this is episode five. Wow, I can't believe I've been doing this for like five weeks. This is a little crazy, but it's exciting. Um, so for you guys, this is, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. My name is Drew. I'm here with uh, my cousin, The Carrie Clark. I keep wanting to say his, his nickname because I'm just used to calling him that. I don't call him The Carrie Clark, just so you people know. But um, yeah, so... Uh, follow my social medias. My Instagram is Drewski86. Twitter is Spider86. I should. You think I should just look into trying to merge them into one instead of giving these different names? You probably should. I probably should. That'll make more a much more sense from a marketing standpoint. Right. The but people would be like. The people would. <laughs> but the people would be like, wait, what's the other one? What's this? That makes a lot of sense, though. Right. Okay. And what's your your um, social media you want to give out? Um, well, well, my Instagram <laughs> is iCarry. You can 
follow me on there. Um, I actually have a different handle too on Twitter, which I probably need to change, but it's Kill em Soft. But I've had it for so long that it's my baby, like kind of. So I just kind of, you know. You don't want to let it go. I don't want to let it go. Okay. Okay. So you'll just keep it that way. Right. So Kill em Soft. Follow me on Twitter. You know, y'all can also cash at me. That got the same thing as my Insta. I carry cash app. All proceeds go to a nigga pockets. <laughs> not cash app. <clears throat> well, I use Zelle, um, but we're, I'm not giving that out. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll get right into these topics. And yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, so we're going to be leading... Tonight with uh, Natalie Drizel Reed, the passing of uh, this wonderful, phenomenal actress. Uh, most of you probably know her from uh, a movie called BAPS, Black, which is Black American Princesses with uh, also the iconic Halle Berry. She also had a small role in Set It Off and um, Hot, Def Jam's How to Be a Player as well as starred in the sitcom Eve for three seasons. Eve, Eve. Right, right. Um, Natalie was funny, she was vibrant, uh, and to me, anything that she kind of did, she stood out to me. She was, like, really stand out. You laughed at her, you thought, you know, she was hilarious, just this character who was full of life, and I really, really enjoyed Natalie. Um, it just was so, it's so crazy, because it was so sudden, don't you think, that how just Natalie, like, passed the we just was like, oh, shit, this is so random. Like, Natalie just, like, Natalie Giselle Reed, like, you know who she is, but, you know, you know how you just don't think about, sometimes think about people from day to day? Like, oh, I wonder what Natalie Giselle Reed is up to, even though she's done great things. Right. So it just kind of made me think, so it's really, really, it's crazy, but also it just makes you think that we have got to be aware with our community, like the African-American community, community, we need to be more aware and, you know, what we enter inside of our bodies and how we go to the doctor and just view because colon cancer is so real. She did pass away from colon cancer just to give you guys that FYI. You know, that's what you said. We just need to be a little more aware. Right. And of course, me and Drew can definitely relate to that because, you know, we know somebody personally who has passed away from colon cancer. So it's definitely a deep issue. Right. I mean, it's, it's definitely like he was saying, it was a shock. Like, whoa, what's going What? When I read it, I was like, this... Is this fake? You know, I think that's instantly that's what you think. Like, oh, this right. is not real. This can't be real. But obviously it was real. And obviously our condolences go out to the family. Right. I don't even know how to follow that up. I think that obviously, right. I think she was a great actress. She definitely had all of us dying laughing. You know what I mean? Even, like you said, our friend that passed away from colon cancer. You know, one of his favorite things was like, he ain't even from Acorn, you know? <laughs> and if you know, that's from Set It Off. So, you know, just uh, <laughs> just uh, hear the news, it was definitely, like, it was devastating. And like he said, you know, obviously we need to, in this community, we need to make sure that we are definitely going to the doctor, getting things checked. Obviously... Um, you know, they say most people should start getting che checked around the age of 50 years old. Um, I, I think even for myself, obviously, I'm about to turn 40. Well, not that soon. I'm not going to rush my age now. <laughs> but I'll be 40. It's coming. It's coming. We'll get, it's about five years plus. Right. Five years and change. It's about five years. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was even thinking about doing it possibly at 40 because I'm just like... You know, you want to be ahead of anything that you can be ahead of. Especially nowadays, right? Right, exactly. So, 
and obviously, like, I have a friend that has colitis, so with having ulcerative colitis, he has to actually do the, um, the test every, I, think, I don't know if it's every year, I think it's once a year, I'm not sure, I'm gonna have to ask him again, but he goes, I believe, every year to get that checked out to make sure, because they're more prone to potentially have colon cancer, so I would just say, you know, get tested if you can, and like you said, just make sure you're not putting these crazy things in your body. Like, don't be out here trying to get this COVID shot because we don't know what the fuck is in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, next thing you know, we all might have cancer. It's crazy. And, and I don't even know. Don't yeah, even know. It is, it's, just, it's a very sad thing. What's so crazy, though, because this is such a touchy subject with colon cancer, but when you brought up the COVID test shot, it's so funny because i actually seen this thing. Somebody said... Y'all afraid to get the COVID vaccine, but a lot of these motherfuckers are you know, not scared to, you know, shoot up a needle. Like, they said, because they don't want the ones who do drugs. Like, y'all not afraid to even do certain drugs, but you scared of the COVID shot. Well, I would like to first say I don't do drugs. <laughs> so, for me, that it applies. Like, that sounds like I would take the bus. <laughs> right, I don't. But no, for me, it, does, it doesn't apply. But I see what you're saying, like... Most people, if you even think about it, like, a lot of us will go and be like, okay, I'm going to get the flu shot. Like, what's in the flu shot? A lot of people don't know what the fuck is in that damn shot. Right. You know what I mean? But okay. I just think for us, we need to make sure that, like I said, we're just being aware and we're doing our best to, to just take preventative measures to make sure that we're doing the best that we can at this time. And which I want to bring it to this other point though, like, do you think that we're in a stage now where, because obviously she didn't tell anybody, so do you think we're in an era now where a lot of celebrities are not saying anything? Because like, think about Chadwick Boseman, who obviously passed away not too long ago. Right. Aretha Franklin, who had cancer and we didn't know, and even someone like Paul Newman, like, is this like the new thing? Like, they just keep it to themselves, or what you think? I don't really necessarily say it's it's a new thing. I think that just because a person is an entertainer or a public figure, they're not entitled to give you their personal business. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not something that should be up for discussion. Some people don't feel comfortable to discuss what is their you know what goes on in their lives. You know, uh, medically, they feel like I only got to give you my professional, my entertainment. That that's my job to entertain you. It's not to give you my business. Like you know, right. they feel like you know, they can, like you're. They're not trying to violate their HIPAA laws. You know, like it's like like sis, like sis, this is not HIPAA. Like you can't. But do you think that it would be a little bit like if you think about it? Someone that is a celebrity will have a lot. They can put a lot more out there. They could put bring awareness to the cause, especially in the African-American community. Because we know as black men, a lot of black men probably are not going to get their colon checked. You know what I'm saying? So someone like Chaz, Chadwick Boseman could be like, look, look at me. Like, I went and got this done. I've been diagnosed. I'm trying to do what I have to do. So to me, to have that, I think, like, I get what you're saying. Like, they're not, they don't have to give you that, but I do think that you can do some good with sharing that information. Is all I'm saying. I agree, and I think that that that's up to a person who is bold enough. And could I even say the Chadwick wasn't bold mm -hmm. enough? But it's up to a certain type of person believes in being somebody who can be a leader in a certain movement or give a certain you know uh, grandeur. I would more so say of, of of 
certain acts and actions. Like they want to be that person to bring it. Not everybody's meant for that. So I don't really, I can't really say I blame them because some people feel like I don't really want that. Like I'm, even though I entertain you, I don't really want that part of my life out there. Like this is personal for me. Like I'm dealing with this. I'm going to chemotherapy. I'm dealing with this stuff. I don't really want to put myself out there anymore like that. And I guess in a subtle way, by him going to a lot of those children's hospitals, that was his way of bringing awareness to the cause. I mean, to the disease. Excuse me. Right. So I guess in that way, it does make some type of sense. So let me pose this question to you, to you then. So if you were to be diagnosed with cancer, obviously we're family. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you would keep it to yourself, or do you think that you would you would tell everybody? I think that it will be a select group of people who would know. No, I would not give mm-hmm. everybody that. And that's why I said I don't judge chat with anybody else because I feel like that's like I said. Even when you do it, you know, you don't, sometimes, a, a lot of times, too, a lot of people don't want pity. Because, like, well, a lot right. of times what happens is, right. yeah, people, when they find out you have some, can I help you? Can I do this for you? And you don't want to feel like, oh, my God, I can't do anything for myself. Right. People are showing me pity, and they feel bad for me. It's already making you feel like you might have died already sometimes when people do certain things. Like, oh, my God, I'm not dead. Like, why are you treating me like I'm an infant? Like, I can't do anything for myself. So, you don't want the pity call either. That's how I think I would feel. I wouldn't want people constantly calling me and feeling bad and yada yada stuff like that. I just, like I said, I feel like a certain select few, of course, who I'm close with, who wouldn't feel the need to spread it, you know, spread it around and just try to make mm-hmm. everybody else have a pity party for me. That's, I can definitely understand that. So, it would right. definitely stay between me and just a select few. You know, the funny thing I was going to say is that I feel like if I was to be diagnosed with cancer, or anything, I wouldn't tell anybody. I would keep it to myself only because I feel like that very reason that you just said. I feel like most people are like, oh, is he okay? You can't do that. You can't hold these bags. I feel like I would rather you know once it was my final hour. I would say, you know, I didn't want you to know that I was struggling with this. And I didn't want you to feel like, oh my God, we got to do this extra for him or no, I want to be able to be a human being just like you. Just because I'm diagnosed with Cancer does not mean, okay, blah, blah, blah. But I will say this. I do think that sometimes when things become a reality, right. your mind could potentially change. Right. And you might be like, you know what? No, I can't handle this on my own. I need my mother. I need my brother. I need my cousin. Whom, whoever it is. Right. And you might reach out and say, I need these people to, you know, help me out during this process. Right. I think you at least need some, someone. Whether, right. like you said, a, you know, a sibling, family... Your significant you know, other, right. you know, you're gonna need some type of support to lean on, and I so, so as long as you have somebody who's there to lean on, I think that it helps the process be a little easier. Whatever it is you're going through, right? I agree, yeah. definitely agree. So we're gonna move on to this couple in Hawaii. So I don't know if you guys have seen it in the news, but there's a couple in Hawaii that's um, facing reckless endangerment charges after they boarded a flight with their four-year-old son even though they both tested positive for COVID-19. Now, the couple, their names is Wesley and Courtney. Um, They were flying from San Francisco to Hawaii. So, they were arrested on second-degree reckless endangerment charges. Um, A family member was able to get their son when he was actually arrested because all three of them was at the airport. Their bail was set at $1,000, and they posted bail, and now they're facing up to a year in jail and a $2,000 fine if convicted. So, 
I feel like this is crazy that we're basically saying that someone tested positive for COVID-19 and got on a goddamn airplane. Like, I, I don't even know, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. I, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I don't... It's, it's, it's uh, selfish, it's reckless, it's endangering. It's like, literally, this is what we're, like, at this point, we're locked in, in, in here to, I guess, our robot comes. Because at this point, it's over. Like, we're going to be here when, when, when the Jetsons, you know how they see the Jetsons flying cars are coming? That's when we're getting the fuck out the pandemic. Because obviously, then we can fly up to the side, maybe we'll stay away from fucking planet Earth. Because I'm just not understanding. These people are just, like, doing whatever the hell they want to do. You're endangering lives. Like, they're literally telling you, go out for essential things. Why are these people traveling? And especially once you're testing positive for something. It's just, it's a selfish act. Like, people don't right. think. Right. They don't know they'll do they care. They feel like, I don't care because I'm not affected. So I don't care. I'm going to do what the hell I want to do. Even though they were infected. That's what they, were infected. they were infected. Right. That's what I mean, but I'm not saying even people who just, who don't even test positive, but they just still go out and be reckless and do what the hell they want to do. It's like... Right. You know, this is this should be like a human cause. Like we all as human beings should be like we're in this together. We want to get back to our regular lives and at this point I don't really foresee it. I don't really see it's really going back to the way it is and stuff. Right. When I was reading it I was like, How careless can you be? You know what I mean? And also it's like why what would make you think that you could still get on an airplane and fly with other people? And potentially not get them infected. Like, I understand, right, we're all supposed to be wearing masks, social, you know, social distancing and all of that. But you tested positive. And, my, and I also almost blame the San Francisco airport. Because how was it that when they got to Hawaii, they were arrested? I don't understand. How did in Hawaii they know that these people tested positive, but in San Francisco you did not know? It's like the system is completely jacked up. And... We need to do better. And I'm just like, wait a minute. So then I was looking at the charges, like, okay, a year in jail, and then they get, they could potentially get a $2,000 fine. That's not enough. <laughs> I'm like, you could have killed people on the air. You don't know who was on that damn airplane. It could have been elderly people, sickly people. You don't know who the hell was on that airplane. So for me, I feel like that charge is not enough for me. As Kiki Palmer, Palmer said, <laughs> that ain't enough for me. <laughs> right, so they need to me. be, right. And I feel like, even with the with the child that they took with them, like they should, the child that their rights should be taken automatically. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but I do feel like what is going on with these people? Can the people, can the people uh, on the lovely the lovely audience we have that will be listening, can they please know what uh, race these people are who decided to do this very selfish, reckless act? Well, they weren't black. Oh. <laughs> That's what we'll say. They okay. weren't black. Um. We'll leave it there. They weren't black. Okay. <laughs> but I, I just, I, I almost feel like, you know what? Because I guess my, I almost feel like <laughs> I disliked them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't hate people, but I feel like I disliked them for doing such a stupid ass thing. And it's like. I don't want to say what I want to say, but I'm just, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. We're going to move on to the next topic. I feel like this is too much for me. I think I'm getting angry. I don't know. I just, you know, I just feel like, you know, this is definitely for people, you know, who like to eat mayonnaise sandwiches. 
It's it, it definitely sounds like them. It's not somebody who likes to eat uh, fried chicken or macaroni and cheese or it, even a beef enchilada. It it's <laughs> it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like that. Like it it definitely sounds like a mayonnaise sandwich, avocado toast eating. <laughs> right. You know, don't season the burger types. You know, that's definitely what it sounds like. Right. Yeah. Basically, that they're trying to say, well, bump what you say. It's almost like the people that's not wearing masks in the store. Like, I don't want to wear a mask. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> wait a minute. Blows the same ones who voted for Trump. But did so, I tell yeah. you about the girl that I saw in ShopRite? No. Did I say about the girl in ShopRite? No. She was one of us. Oh, my God. She was one of <laughs> us. The bitch had no mask on. Walking around, and I'm looking like you know how you look at somebody, you're like, is she fucking crazy? Like, well, she might be the Candace Owens type. <laughs> how the hell up? Well, I figured that something was wrong because she had on a synthetic wig. <laughs> right. That's, 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 that's a, <laughs> so, that definitely sounds like the Candace Owens. You know, their hair is never really done, like, mm, properly. Like, they have leave out. Like, they don't be caring about. You like, I was a real sister. No keratin treatment. Like, child, what is going on? Right. Stop it. Right. It's too much. I can't. Get out, sis. But I was really in that shock, right? Like, wait a minute. What is she doing? Like, everybody else got on math and you walking around like nothing is wrong. <laughs> like, but you walking around like it is June 2019. <laughs> like, girl, nothing's going on. Well, she probably like, was at Rod Playland. Like, <laughs> clearly. Right. Somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> somewhere. So people wear your masks and I almost feel like, obviously, like I have something. You wash your hands and your ass. Right. And your balls. Um, but people... I have a wedding coming up, so I'm getting on a plane. So I felt like, you know, obviously, I'm getting on a plane to fly to Atlanta. And right. it's like, oh, wait a Lord, minute. Atlanta. <laughs> I'm going to Atlanta. Oh, and I'm just like, what if the people get on a plane, have COVID, and they don't even tell anybody? Well, I'm sure and Atlanta, the whole Atlanta got COVID. So you trying to tell me to go to Atlanta and catch COVID? Atlanta seemed like it got COVID because like I said, the clubs, as, I, the, as per the conversation, mm -hmm. I mean, you had prior, as I said before, mm -hmm. Atlanta is open like it's like nothing is going on. Like we're not, like they act like we're not in the midst of a pandemic. Everything is regular. They, they're, I know some stores are doing mask mandates, but people are still going to the club. You know, they're still just hanging out, having a good time. Like, you know, it's. Maybe nothing. Atlanta got the vaccine. I mean, the CDC is there. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, who knows? The CDC headquarters is there. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if they had the vaccine, you know, they probably wouldn't be dealing with other issues that they deal with. Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to go with We're that. not going to go with that. Right. <laughs> okay, so moving right along. So, um, I wanted to move on to Tiana Taylor because, obviously, she just came out saying that she's going to retire from music. And a lot of... <laughs> well, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so, <laughs> I can't. So, um, she said she's gonna be retiring from music. I why he's laughing. I don't know why he's laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> she's retiring from music and um <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna say, well, I'm not gonna start. You should say she's disengaging from music. <laughs> Can't she disengage? <laughs> I don't even know at this point. Wait a minute. I really don't consider that retirement because it, it was a well, really long stint. So I would just say, you know. Well, how many albums has she had? This is her third. This is her third. Oh, her third. Okay. Oh. 
No, it's the third. Right? It's the third. What's the, the third, third album? It was called like five or something like that. Or okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so clearly, so she announced this, and um, a lot of people were upset on Twitter. And my first thoughts were, well, where are these people at when it comes to buying her music? That was my thoughts at first. Like, what is going on? Well, she's in my top five of Spotify's most listened to oh, artists. Oh, no. okay. So if she retired, would you be upset? I don't really know if I'd be upset. I mean, she makes good music, but I mean, there's still other people make great music as well. Okay. So, I mean, I wouldn't really technically be upset, but I mean, she, I would definitely say that she is an asset. I would definitely give her that. Do you think she made this announcement because she got snubbed by the Grammys? I believe so. You think so? Right. I mean, I think so too. I think that, I think she was upset because she got snubbed by the Grammys. I have a whole nother thought on why she did this, to be honest with you. I feel like she did this because she's being selfish. And I feel like she almost wants to be rewarded for doing something that she's supposed to be doing. And she's saying, oh, she's blaming everybody else but herself. Okay. Because I feel like she's like, oh, the machine behind me. And I have this machine behind me that's supposed to be doing this and that and blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is that people aren't buying music how they used to buy music. Right. And I feel like what else could they have done to make people buy the music? You have a camera. You have a phone. Clearly, you went on. You went on your live and said what you said. You started trending on Twitter. Your album came out. You said it was out. And no one brought it. So you tell me where the problem is. The problem is that people just ain't rocking with you that heavy. So I feel like don't place the blame somewhere else when it's just you. It's, it's your issue. The music, the people just aren't buying it. It's okay. But don't say, oh, I'm going to retire. Because when she said, I'm going to retire, my first thought was, well, how are you going to retire? That was my first. I was like, how are you going to retire if you... Because she said, oh, I'm locked into the label. So the label, the label told you when you're going to retire. You can't tell them you're retiring. Well, she could... I mean, she doesn't technically have to record an album. Well, right. She doesn't have to. Right. They'll just, she just... They just will let her know that she can't release anything right. anywhere else and stuff like that. So. Right. And she said... So that's why I was confused because she said, I'm retiring, but she said, I'm trying to get dropped so she could become independent. So then that's not retirement. What you're trying to do is get dropped. So to me, you were looking for buzz. You were looking for attention for people to start going at your record company to be like, drop her so she could be on her own and do what she needs to do. Right. So I feel like, let's say what you're doing and not try to say, blame it on mental health and, oh, I'm not going to be alive for my children. To me, it just sounds crazy as fuck. I was like, what is going on? She said mental health. She did. She said, for my mental health, I don't, I can't release music. I have to retire, whatever she said. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what she said. And I was just like, oh. Hmm. Well, you know, she has some problems, so. Let me say. I think that Tiana makes very good music. I, I have to say that. Agreed. For sure. She makes a. a very good variety of music. I think that uh, Are You Gonna Love Me, or Gonna Love Me is actually the uh, right title for it. It's probably one of the best R&B records that probably came out in the 2010s. She uh, has a certain ear for certain R&B music and soul. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's rather impressive. I think Tiana is, like I said, uh, I think she's a star. I just think that, yeah, she's getting a little bit too caught up in trying to receive accolades and, I guess, be a certain 
she wants a certain position within that industry mm -hmm. and she feels like she should be in and, and you shouldn't be looking at that way if you really love this like that's the right. that's the issue like a lot of these artists think that they should be something bigger than what they are instead of just enjoying the music like the music back in the the days like I don't even want to sound because like, I don't sound like an old last time or we sound like our parents now <laughs> right. but I'm just saying the music back in the days like I felt like the people just recorded music because they loved it so much and they wanted to make a great record a lot of them wasn't one of records like Mary J. Blige won her first Grammy in 2002 right. she was out for 10 years already right 10 years and she made some incredible records before that even happened she has one of the most iconic albums in R&B my life like it comes no bigger than that so I'm saying like for you to think that you're supposed to be in a certain position or people should recognize you as a certain you know just keep working prove yourself prove your prove your work to yourself and just keep putting out your music and let your fans enjoy that and eventually if it's meant to be it's going to come people are going to gravitate towards that see that part i don't i don't necessarily agree with you with people who might gravitate cuz some people might not ever gravitate towards and that's okay that's okay and that's okay, okay. Too, and it's right. right it's okay it's fine. You make music for your fans. Like, look at... We, like, we discussed this plenty of times. We think of people like A. Marie, who we know is extremely talented. Right. But is A. Marie probably where she's supposed to be? She probably doesn't feel comfortable that she's, you know... Probably people know two of her songs. You know what I'm saying? And people are like, oh, yeah, one thing, and why don't we fall in love? And talking to me. Right. People might know that, maybe. You they, know what I'm saying? I should know that. But, but what I'm saying to you is that people... They want instant gratification. These people want instant, like, oh my god, I have this. I'm the top girl, and I got ten Grammys. And it's like, girl, you've only been grind grinding seven years. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it takes longer, and then some people luck up. Look at Cardi B. She came out and she got instant. She got a Grammy for her first album. Right. It's okay if you don't get that. And I think, like you said, if this is something that you love, it shouldn't be work. It right. should be. It should come natural and easy. Like okay. Right. I just want Def Jam to drop me so I can release music to my fans. And if I've never won one award, fine. I'm good with that. I feel like, and maybe that's what she was trying to say, but she got caught up. Right. And then she started talking about, you know, stuff like, oh, I don't get recognized and I don't get seen for this. But you are being recognized. They call you for tributes. Not for tributes. <laughs> I'm just saying they do. They call you for tributes. So clearly, you, they're not calling other people. I'm just saying, they call up. Who could I say? Uh, when is the last time they called Little Mouth? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So clearly, you are recognized in some light. It's just not the light that you want. And I just feel like just grind harder. It's just like us at work. At work, like right. we get into work, we don't expect to become the manager in four months. Right. Or sometimes even in five years, depending on who's who's the damn manager up there. Right. I just feel like just give it some time, girl. She needs to give it time. And, you know, but like I said, I wrote a few, Tiana. You were, like, it's a top five, top five in my list. And the album is incredible. And Concrete is is that girl. It's, that's the one of the songs that stand out on the album, Concrete. Very, very good record. What's my favorite song on that album? It's, um... Wrong bitch. That's my favorite song. <laughs> well, I mean, she has so many songs on there. I mean, let's... Right, because she had like 30 songs, right? I believe so. Something yes, like that. It was a lot of... Maybe that's why they overlooked it. It was just too many. Right, after a while, it kind of becomes... Because I feel like a good album has like maybe a standard 13 or 14 tracks. Right. Like after about like 
14, 15, like, I feel like, listen, you have to have a very long attention span, which I'm not trying to pay attention on. I'm like, this is an essay at this point. Right, which, especially if the songs are long. Right. You know what I mean? Because even if we think about, like, Meg Thee Stallion, she has a lot of songs on her album, but the songs are, like, two minutes. So, it's like, <laughs> so that basically equates to about ten songs. You know what I mean? Right. Like, okay, this works for me. It's not that long. Right. Very okay. each one teach one album. But I did want to say this too. I thought because what she did say about the the Def Jam not promoting or doing things supposed to, I do. Like I said, we're in a different era. Like I remember we were just talking about how back in the days you would go to Sam Goody or Sam Goody would oh we have a special Fye or the Virgin Megastore, the Wiz, the Wiz, the Wiz. Yeah. What was the Wiz? Huh? What was that store in the mall where you could buy like singles and tapes? It was called something. And that was before FYE. Right. I can't remember the I name. I can't of think it. of it either. Well, whatever. But, like, they would have these special, like... That might have been The Wiz, actually. Was it The Wiz? I think it was. Maybe it was. Yeah, it was The Wiz. They would have these special, like, you know, you go into there, and, and even some... You would go in there, and you could get CDs. And they, some stores would have bonus tracks, and some people would do um, in-store sign-ins. So, obviously, marketing is completely different now, and I feel like... Your marketing is almost you yourself, like I was saying earlier. Right. Go on Instagram, do what you have to do, and say, this is my album. It's out today. I'm going to actually do... I mean, look at Brandy. Brandy did... She had people coming in on Instagram, talking to her. That's what she chose to do. That's how she chose to market the album. And maybe that's something that she could have done. Maybe she felt like, you know, she wanted her record label to... Provide the Wi-Fi. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I think her streams were still stronger than Brandy's, though. But she just is not still, like, she's ever getting recognized for what she wants. Right. I think, she, I think it really was the Grammy snub. I think she felt really bad. She felt like that was a really good album. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, they, they didn't think so. Well, you know, the Amateur Awards are next year, so hopefully. Right. And she's been nominated for a BT Her Award. Right, and I think that that's where we need to kind right. of right. be excited about. Like, we have got to stop Grammys. Right, the Grammys, the oh AMAs. God, well, you know, I eventually won an Oscar, so I can't really say. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just feel like certain. But in the same way, I would want an Oscar eventually because you know I want to act just for people, just to let y'all know out there, I want to act. Um, I went out like when I was younger. I think I used to put the Oscar on a pedestal, and the Image Award would just seem like whatever. Right. But now that I've gotten older, and I appreciate my blackness and what it is to be black, and how they fought to even have the Image Awards on television because we weren't getting recognized or even had the platform to go to the Oscars. They weren't even inviting our people. The Image Awards are very important. They're they're, they're just as important, especially if you are a person who's a minority, to say that my Image Award is just as important as my Oscar. Right. Because that's my people who recognized me, and they knew that I my performance was was meant for it was you know my performance was gold. It was meant for this. Right. So it makes sense. Like I said, like you have got to like people have got to stop saying, "Oh, it's just the Grammys," you know. Or we got to look for something that promotes you know us all together. We do like we said have BET Her. We have BT the BET Awards. We have Soul, Soul Train, Train Awards. Right. So that's what I'm saying. We have our stuff. You just have to start bigging them up the same way you big up those big corporations. Right. Exactly. Exactly, I definitely agree. And like you said, I think a lot of us have, and I think it starts even with us regular day-to-day people. Like even when I went to go purchase a home, 
my agent was black. And I was very adamant about that. I wanted the person to be black and gay and a man. However, he was not gay, but he was black and he was a man. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then even with selling the home, I had a black female. Right. And I, I thought it was very important that I had someone that looked like me. I don't want to give my business to some white person. Like, I mean, I don't right. care who bought the home now. But I did care about <laughs> who was representing me and who was going to be there for me. And that was very important to me in that process. Right. So, fuck the Grammys. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Did we talk about the body image? No, we did not okay. talk. We I'll let you go into that. Go ahead. <laughs> well, since uh, we were talking about Natalie Drizel Reed earlier, and you know we got into our, you know about you know just warning you know all you folks you know all our black people about you know you're checking on your health. Another thing I wanted to talk about was Natalie Drizel Reed's, uh, you know how she came into you know Hollywood with a unique kind of style like. She was the funny big... She kind of started the funny big black girl before Monique started it and mm -hmm. the Parkers and all that stuff. Or there's Yvette Nicole Brown or even uh, Sherry Shepard when she was on the Jamie Foxx show. Just different things like that. I feel like Natalie Giselle truly set up that funny black big girl. You know, just getting the recognition, but still even being looked at as, you know, she could have a man. Like, they did give her a man in VAPS. Who you know, not not the Spanish fans. Obviously, he was using her, but the other um, the other guy, you know, he liked her. Doesn't not like the fact they did that, and um, that's what I'm saying. I just think that she kind of pushed the wave because body image in Hollywood, and just even in general, is so you know, it's 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 still underrepresented sometimes. Like there are people who look like Natalie who are not still getting their recognition. Another person I do love is Lizzo. Like, even though sometimes Lizzo goes a little over the top with her things, but she's not afraid to show that body off. Because a lot of times, you know, niggas be wanting the Lizzo's. Like they, but they want to fuck the Lizzo's on the lowdown. But that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what's true. Right, but Hollywood, because Hollywood shows you that Hallie is what you really should be looking at. Like, you know, like I'm sure Vaps, like, she, well, even though they had Natalie, they felt like, Hallie was the main star. She was like the sidekick to her. Right. But I'm like, I feel like we got to start promoting these images of people who have body, you know, who have bigger bodies, like give them body positivity because there are more people who look like Natalie than Hallie, honestly, if you really I mean, want to be this technical. Is true. <laughs> right. Right. That's like you said, it was definitely trailblazing. And I think, like you said, she opened up the doors for a lot of these other, these other people. And like you said, look at Monique who came onto the Parkers and you know, eventually she just blew up. You know right. what I'm saying? She definitely ventured out. Right. She ventured out from the show and did what she had to do. So I definitely you have a, a good, a, I mean, a good point there. I think also, like you were saying, like a lot of people would be like, oh, well, just supposed to look like Halle Berry. But it's also crazy too, because like when you said men, what they want to sleep with the Lizzo's, but they'll, and, and they'll do that in the dark. But I also feel like a lot of times when they get in front of the cameras, they want to be with the Becky. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh right. the glow up. You know what I'm saying? Or they want to get them an exotic looking woman. Right. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, wasn't you just with Shanice? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm confused as to how you now are with Esperanza. It's very crazy. Not Esperanza, oh my it's, God. <laughs> it's very crazy to me how these men do it. But I do think that, like you said, I think 
body positivity, and I, we was actually having a. I think did we talk about Lizzo or was that with me and Carly? I can't remember. I think we yeah, I think we might have addressed the Lizzo like a couple. May I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> either. But what I will say oh, is that because I was having a conversation about body positivity, and someone was like, "I don't want to see Lizzo's big ass doing blah 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 blah." And I said, "But yeah. if that's not for you, then that's okay. Some right. people don't want to see skin and bones." You know right. what I mean? So just because you don't want to see rolls and extra skin and cellulite, oh. that's your business. But some people don't want to see a collarbone. Some people don't want to see a your rib cage. Right. right. So it's like, if that's what you like, why are we why are we going so hard at people? And I think, like you said, I, we just have to big up uh, Natalie for paving the way. Right. When we technically right. think about it, like that's dope. She did. She was a she was a really dope woman, dope girl, I think, and a lot of people think that, you know, I think a lot of people think that Natalie actually wasn't getting the roles probably because she was a bigger woman, but Natalie actually decided to kind of step back herself from the Hollywood scene, because mm. according to all the people I've seen who talk about her say that she really wasn't really even into it like that, like she liked the acting, but it wasn't her scene really, so some people will step away because they're like this is not really for me like I or maybe they did tell her because sometimes when you're in that they will tell you you need to lose weight right and maybe she was like I don't need to do this like I can live my life like I'm good and stuff like that right so like, the limits put onto their lives right like that you know we obviously we want you to be healthy we don't want you to have high blood pressure and diabetes all of that is you know I feel Absolutely. like if there's an issue with that, then right, you probably should get on a, a serious diet. Right, I You know agree. what I mean? And do what you have to do. So you can be here for who you need to be here for. Right. I agree. Okay, now. <laughs> Alright, so let's get to this final topic. Okay. This drum roll. So we have... <laughs> so we have the Real Housewives of Potomac season finale. And the Real Houses of Atlanta premiere. And we'll go through this really quick because I feel like it wasn't... Um, I, I do think the Real Houses of Atlanta premiere was actually amazing. Um, so let's just start with Potomac. Do you feel like the, the finale was good? Do you feel like it was okay? Um, I'm trying to remember what happened. Within it. Um, I thought it was actually a pretty good ending. I have to... Big up, you know, the people who really, really carried the show this season. Um, Candace Dillard, who did an amazing job. Candace, you did good, girl. You did you did your thing this season. Like I said, I really, I'm not even a stand of her, but I rocked with Candace this season. I really did. Um, mm -hmm. I also have to give it to um, Michael Chester Molesta Darby. He definitely <laughs> gave his all a season. So he wasn't even a cast member, but I would have thought he was, because he was in more episodes than Monique. <laughs> so he definitely did his thing, too. <laughs> Um, T'Challa, like, oh my god, T'Challa, you, you were another honorable mention, because he definitely did his thing. And <laughs> Ashley Darby, who definitely stepped into the plate and did her thing as well. So I have to really say those four really did an amazing job. Um, I thought the two, you know, seeing the white-on-white -white fight was, like, wonderful. Oh my god, seeing two old white men fighting. Well, actually, only Michael uh, Chester Molesta's old, but... How old is Chris? I think he's like 40. Okay. That's, that's what I'm saying. But it's like seeing the two white men fight was kind of funny. I was like, I was getting my ratchet life. I was saying like, look at these white men be ratchet as fuck. Like, look at this. Like, <laughs> they are ghetto as hell. Like, I'm glad they're being like, look, look at this. <laughs> right. So I was excited to see that. Um, 
Yeah, so I think it was a it was a pretty good episode. Now, and congratulations to Robin and Juan, of course, like to right. like you know. I'm glad that you know he gave her an installment plan, so I'm excited Ooh, about I'm that. Installment plan. You think that ring was on is on layaway? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's on layaway now. It might be because did she pay her taxes? I don't. I don't know. Like I hope. <laughs> I hope so. Right. Like I hope so. I hope so too. Right. Um, I thought the season was. I thought the season finale was actually good. Obviously, Juan and Robin got engaged. That was dope. I feel like um, we never saw Jamal really this season with Giselle. But I, you know, I like Giselle. I think Giselle is good. I do think she was a bit dramatic this season. Um, obviously, I'm not going to talk about that Candace and Monique fight because it's just too much <laughs> in my brain. Um, I think. <laughs> Going back to the finale, I do think that... I thought it was a good finale overall. I think it was pretty good. I think that I can't wait for them to come back to next season. I Hopefully, everybody comes back. I think there's more story there. Um, and, you know, we wish them well. So, we'll move on over to the Atlanta premiere. Um, I thought that it was really good. I thought that it, you know, obviously the big thing is that Nini's not there, and people were saying, you know, should she be there, should she not be there, I, I don't feel like she was missed, I don't know that I was looking for looking for her, but what I will say is that I, I think the Black, Lives, the Black Lives Matter movement was a very important piece, and I actually have to big up Bravo, because I feel like there's so many people that think that Black Lives Matter is, is a hate group, or we stand for something that's like... That's not positive. And I thought it was very big of a network, especially a network that's Caucasian, primarily, um, to to put that out there. So I thought that was dope. I thought it was interesting to see Kenya and, you know, her marital issues that's still going on. Um, <laughs> I thought... I mean, it's been about two years. Um, and I thought... I mean, it was good to see Cynthia back in Atlanta, and um, who else is on there? I would more so say that about Cynthia. Oh, Candy. And, you know, Candy was there, right, showing the restaurants and, Talking yeah, about the child support. Child support. Like, all that stuff I don't care about. Um, so, yeah, I thought, obviously, I feel like this season thus far, I mean, it's only been one episode, but I feel like it does appear that Kenya probably will carry the show along with Portia. And um, the rest of the girls will just be getting paid for free <laughs> to do nothing. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um, yeah, I think Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, I thought it was a good premiere as well. I think that uh, what Portia has done is uh, incredible. You know, I, I love the fact, like you said, also the Bravo highlighted and showed Black Lives Matter. I think that to go on the to go on the front lines, like and to sacrifice yourself for such a worthy cause, is it's it, it just like I said, it's, it's it's amazing. Like it just you know it, it gave my heart pure joy that right. you know we were fighting because the, the George Floyd just even like and it was crazy to me show that even a little piece from George Floyd's video right. on that and like even Breonna Taylor who you know Stella rarely get her justice like didn't get her justice. Which is crazy, um, but the fact that they're still like highlighting her name and making sure her name is still being said and things like that. I thought that I think Portia's 
uh, story is definitely very vocal for how where we are in America right now too. Right. I thought that uh, they also did a very good job of showing where we are in the world. Period with the pandemic. Right. I think, you know, it would have been very hard to just kind of ignore it and kind of act like it wasn't there. Uh, I think that they're doing a good job as far as, like, shooting the season even within a pandemic, which is crazy. There's a lot of productions that to shoot to set, shut down. Right. So they did a good job. Um, I think Kenya Mark's story is very relatable. I love the fact, what I can say about Kenya is I love about she's very genuine, very raw, very honest, very forthcoming. A lot of people, you know, especially coming from, oh, she paid for boyfriends thing. Right. I think that I love the fact that she gives the rail and she's showing you like, yeah, my shit is fucked up and stuff like that. But what I will say is that she's a strong woman, very resilient, and she tends to, you know, kind of come out on top. Like I said, I really admire Kenya. And, um, yeah, the other stories on Candy, you know, with the black eye, I understand Candy feel like even though she's a rich, you know, multimillionaire woman... This man conceived a child with her, so he should pay his child support. Like, with her daughter going to college. Like, you should pay that. He shouldn't even be taking a court for that. You should just be willing to pay for your daughter. Especially if you have Bentleys, and, you know, oh, you have Bentleys, and you're able to fund, you know, jerk chicken for music. You know, I guess that was whatever his woman's name was. So, you should be able to support your daughter. And then, um, you know, comment about Cynthia and her super spreader wedding. But, you know, congratulations Stop, to her, Mike. I cannot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, Atlanta was good. I'm looking forward to the season. Right. And, I mean, I guess that's the show. Okay. <laughs> the first in the first in person show. Right. That was real exciting. I'm still waiting for my check though. Child, what's your address? <laughs> you've been there. You've been there a few times. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Of course. I appreciate you doing this in person. Of course. Um, He's been here a week now. He's ready to go. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Right. Wash your ass. Your balls. Right. All that. All that. All, all of that. that. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Yes. Thank you, beautiful people. Bye. Since that's a part of one of the topics... We could just move that to the first topic. Like, obviously, I can see what's going on with you. Oh, bitch, you can't mute this at all? No. Why not? That's whack. You can't mute it. I know, it's so stupid, right? Hey, y'all, what's up? Welcome back to Drew Presents with Drew, the podcast. So, it's been like a few weeks since I've done a show. Um, I think it's been actually about four weeks. Um, two of those weeks, I had, I could laugh now, but two of those weeks, I actually came down with testing positive for COVID, and it was a journey. And I don't want to talk about it because I feel like it's, like, who the fuck wants to talk about COVID? You know what I mean? Like, it's, I think at this point, we're all depressed. We're tired of being in the house. We're tired of looking at the news. At some point on TV, they're always bringing up COVID. So I'm just letting you guys know that I had it and I was down for two weeks. It what I don't want to make it seem like it's like, oh, it was not a thing. But for me, I, I had very mild symptoms. I got through it. Obviously, we've lost over 400,000 people 
and my thoughts and prayers goes out to those people. I, you know, I can't even fathom thinking. Well, I can because when you actually have it, it's definitely. I think someone's mowing the lawn. I, I'm. Isn't it twenty degrees outside? Anyway, so I, when you do have COVID, I well for me, I'll see for myself. My mind, I feel like I dealt with anxiety more than the virus. I think the anxiety affected me more than the virus. Because, um, you know, you think, oh, my God, I'm die. Am I going to be able to breathe? You know, a lot of things come up. But um, in any event, I'm doing good. I no longer have COVID. And let's get right into the show. So I want to start with this whole... Danny Lee, Danny Lee thing. I think that's how you say her name. I don't really know. Anyway, she wrote, she made a song. She's a, she's of a lighter skin tone. I'm not too sure what her ethnicity is, but um, she made a song called Yellow Bone, and everyone went crazy talking about, oh my god, she's a colorist and blah 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 and X Y Z. Why would she make a song like this? Some people were saying she's not even black. Blah blah blah. So. I'm looking at this like, well, I feel like a lot of times people, when they don't like something, it has some it has a lot to do with their insecurities. Because I feel like we we as Black people always talk about celebrate who you are, celebrate your melanin. So if you have lighter skin, why can't she make a song called Yellow Bone? I, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, if I may, I'm brown skin. So if I made a song about my skin, should a light-skinned person feel some type of way? Or is it that people feel like, well, brown-skinned people get, they have a harder time, or darker-skinned people have a harder time, so you can't talk about that. It's like taboo. But I feel like that's not, it's not fair. So I felt like when I was listening to the song just now, because I never listened to it, but just listening to the song just now, I was like, this song is really bad, but, and not because of the words, it's just the song sucks, but I felt like we should not be going so hard at her because she's making a song celebrating her skin tone. If that's the, if she want to be called Yellow Bone, Red Bone, Big Bird, whatever the fuck she wants to be called, who cares? Let her be called that. Let her celebrate herself. Let her celebrate her skin tone and the people that look like her. Because when someone talks about, like, for instance, when Beyonce released Brown Skin Girl, we was loving the Brown Skin Girl and all the Brown Skin Girls coming out. But that might cause insecurities for a woman that's of a lighter skin tone. So I feel like we can't be like, oh, well, don't do that. I feel like let's all celebrate each other and move forward. Like, I don't understand why is this a, why is this a thing. I don't understand. Now, she also decided to, I guess, kind of sort of apologize. She made like a minute video talking about, you know, what she meant. It's kind of like what I just said. Like, listen, I'm not trying to come at brown skin women. I'm not trying to be like, oh, no, that's not what it is. Because I believe the words say something like yellow bone is what he wants. And I think she was just talking about herself. He wants me. And that's fine. I will say that I think that she should take the video down or get a, get rid of it because it's, to me it's pointless. I feel like you going on there, you're saying that you're sorry, but you're being sorry for what? For not acknowledging someone else's insecurities? 
I'm I'm confused. Maybe it's me. I don't know. If you guys want to check out the song, I guess listen to it. Get back to me. All that other good shit. So, I had a friend come, well, actually I had a friend call me, and he's going through some issues right now with being outed by his family, or by a family member, I should say. And when I say outed, for you people that don't know, that's first-time listeners, he's a gay man, and one of his family members found out that he was gay and decided to tell other family members. And... He felt some type of way about it, um, you know, saying little things. And when I was talking with him and listening to him, I felt like, wow, this is crazy that, you know, in this day and age, we have people still going through things like this. And when I say things like this, meaning people are out in people, because I, in this day and age, it's like, if someone's gay or heterosexual or transsexual, whatever it is, who cares? Like, why does it bother you? Especially when you have malicious intent behind it. I think it's one thing if you're just trying to inform someone, like, hey, this is a situation. Girl, I think your man is gay. That's one thing. Okay, fine. We can accept that. But to go, oh my God, I found out that this person is gay. And and blah, 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 blah. And you start gossiping. That's when it's like... Your intentions are not pure. Your intentions are to be messy as fuck. You know what I'm saying? And I was talking to, I had brought up to another friend and they were like, well, because this friend is over 30. And they was like, why is he not out the closet already? (laughs) And I was like, well, that's a good question. I said, I mean, maybe we can ask him. But I don't think that it matters whether or not he's over 30, under 30, or over 40. If he decides that he wants to be, I don't want to say in the closet, I'm trying to think of another word, but if he decides that he wants to live his life the way he wants to live it, so be it. If he doesn't want people in his business, so be it. He's a single man. He doesn't have anybody else along with him saying, hey, let's act like we're not a couple or whatever the situation is. If that's how he chooses to live his life, then that's how he chooses to live his life. I will say now, if we're going into some another territory, right, if this is a person that's trying to pursue you or trying to talk to you, maybe that's probably not the person that you should be talking to, someone that doesn't doesn't have their family informed of what they're actually doing. Because there's many things that can come up, such as, you know, let's be honest, we all have been to a club before. Now, let's just say you was at the gay club. And then, I mean, clearly there's been shootings at clubs. And I'm not trying to, and I'm not just saying exclusively at gay clubs, but what I'm saying to you is that if, for instance, his friend didn't tell his mother he was at the gay club and then there was a shooting there, and let's just say he was there and she just couldn't get in touch with him. There's so many things that come into play. So I do feel like, yes, maybe you should inform your parents or whoever it is that's important in your life. But ultimately, we cannot go around outing people. And I think we, I talked about this not too long ago when that singer, I forgot his name, I think his name is Daryl, he's like a church singer, when he posted that thing on his Instagram with his close friends, and somebody leaked it, or whatever, and I'm like, why are we doing this? So, it goes back, for me, it goes back to, where is your decency? Why didn't you call 
if that was your family member, why didn't you call them up and say, hey, listen, I heard this about you and I want you to know I support you and blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't support you or I have an issue with it. Have a conversation. I think that's where it starts at. I think if people are not going to address people, then what are we doing here? So we're all supposed to just be people pleasers, but then when we get behind your back, we stab you, cut you, maybe even fuck you. But anyway, there's a lot of people that I feel like ultimately needs therapy. That's just what it really boils down to. They need therapy because we're all running manic at some point. We all have these moments where we're like, what the fuck is going on? I need help. Why? I'm screaming for help. Well, I need this or I need that. Whatever the situation is. But I just wanted to say to everyone that's out there, if you are struggling with coming out or telling people what you're doing, talk to somebody, whether that's a therapist, your best friend, whoever it is. Because I ultimately feel like you don't have to come out. I don't ever think I came out and said hey, mom, this is the situation. Because my straight brothers didn't come out and say, hey, I like women. None of them said that. They just showed up with a girl. And that was the situation. So ultimately, I feel like no one should have to come to their family and say, this is what I'm doing in my bedroom. Let's just, let's change that narrative now. Let's stop telling people, let's come out. Oh, it's time to come out. No, let's just show up. Show up with who you're dating. And if people have a problem with it, then you'll exit stage left. Or if they're fine with it, you'll stay at the damn dinner table and say, bitch, pass me the chicken. Do people really pass chicken? I feel like when you look at, like, I don't think I've ever done that in my, maybe that's my ghetto family. I feel like we always, I feel like we always had food, right? But I feel like we've never all sat at the table with the food on the table and was like, oh, yeah, pass me that. Oh, can you pass me? That's never how it went. It was always like, you got your chicken, your rice, whatever it was, and then you set your ass down at the table because all the food was on the counters. But maybe that's just my family. But in any event, I'm, getting, I'm going off on a tangent. But in any event, I feel like we have to change that. We need to change that narrative. And if we just come, say, listen, I'll, I'll be at your house tonight for dinner and I'm bringing a friend. Now, the people might gag if they see it's the same sex, like, oh, shit. But I feel like ultimately, no one's going to be crazy. Now, you do know your family. So if you know that your grandmother is a, a devout Christian and she might start throwing holy water, maybe you shouldn't do this, right? <laughs> maybe you might need to do something else. But I do feel like we do need to change this whole coming out because heterosexuals don't have to come out. That's not something that they do. They just show up with Lisa. They show up with Bobby and that's it. So let's change that, people. So over the weekend, I got some, I don't remember where I saw it at, but it was like a very disturbing video with a woman in Harlem, New York um, being attacked. And I, you know, they tried to bite her eye out. They, they tried to bite her out. She's her eye out, she said. And this video of a woman walking into the into the to the store. I believe it was a, a liquor store, but I'm not sure. She walked into the store and she said the guy was trying to talk to her. And basically, she curved him. And I guess he was embarrassed or he felt some type of way or whatever the situation was. And they followed her outside of the store. 
and it was like, it probably was about three or four guys. I'm not too sure how many it was, but they started kicking her and, you know, cursing her out and blah, blah, blah. And then she said somebody bit her in the eye. Like, hello, this is COVID. What do you mean you bit somebody? I'm so confused. Why? Okay, anyway, let me let me calm down. But I just thought to myself, it's so crazy to me how, what is the first thing that a straight man call a gay man? Either a faggot or you bitch-ass nigger, right? So in this instance, you a bitch-ass nigger because someone curved your broke ass. You felt some type of way or you felt like you had to put on a show and then your friends jumped in? What kind of world do we live in where this fucking happens? I feel like I sound like my friend when I said that, but I don't understand why is this happening? What happened to the days where somebody said, I'm not interested or no, thank you. Or even if the, even if the person said, shut the fuck up, leave me the fuck alone. You just be like, all right, fuck that, whatever, fuck you. That's sad. It's like now, do I need to walk around with a gun, a bat? Like what's going on here? It's crazy to me that this is happening. And then on top of it, you bit somebody? Like, whoa, whoa. Now, one of my friends said they felt like this was a setup or was a plot. Like someone said, no, we know her and she's blah, 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 and we're going after her. It was a complete setup. Like this wasn't no random type thing that like they knew who she was and it was going after her. And I think that might that might well be the case. And they wasn't trying to make trying to defend them or anything like that, but it's still like what? Like how did this ha- how does this happen? I'm you know like you think of stuff and you'd be like, wait, what? That that's can't this can't be real. So even when I was looking at the story, I was so lost in the sauce, like nah, this can't be right. This can't be going on. I'm so confused about by this. It actually like made me feel sad. Like, why would you do this to anybody? You know what I mean? Like, are you animals? And then we uh, we we look at people and say, oh, we we look at people and try to figure out why is the black woman so disrespected. People question that. And then we like, question? Look at the fucking news. And granted, maybe, and, and maybe this is her recollection because there's two sides to the story. Maybe he has something else to say. But clearly, she did not put her hands on you. She didn't, say, and even if she said the nastiest, vilest thing to you, you and your friends came out and jumped her? And at this point, I don't even know if they've still been caught. Last time I checked, they still was not caught. Hopefully by the time this audio comes out, they're caught. It just makes you think that could be your mother, your sister, your cousin, your aunt, your niece, whomever. It's scary that this is going down. And it's like, I don't know if people have just lost their minds or what. But we got to get to the bottom of it because it's really crazy. So traveling. I wanted to bring up traveling because 
you know, I feel like everyone is just tired of being in the house, right? Everybody's tired of being home. People are tired of, well, not everyone, because I will honestly say on Instagram, some of you motherfuckers is moving. I'm like, oh, you in Miami, you here, you there. And I get it. Like, I don't knock anybody. Do what you want to do. It's your life. X, Y, Z. But what I will say is this. Some people are stuck in the house because we're scared. I haven't been on a vacation since March of 2020. I literally left to go to Dallas. And when I got back, which was, I believe it was the day after my birthday. No, no, no. It was two days after my birthday, which should have been March 11th. Maybe March 10th. Whatever day it was. Literally, the world shut down the next week. So I literally made that last trip. But other than that, I've been home. I haven't been anywhere. I've just been here. Granted, I've moved in a pandemic. I left the state of Georgia and moved to New Jersey. But these people are really out traveling and doing things. And I feel like there's some people that's not. And for the people that's not, I think that we're just fed up. We're tired. And I, th- and I was trying to think of something that you could come up with to do. Like, what can you do? And I'm like, maybe you should just grab two or three of your friends. And be like, look, let's just go rent us a cabin or rent us a little beach house and drive to blah, 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 blah. Have you a good time. Come back just to get away. Because it's so, it's so crazy because it's so quiet, but it's so noisy. Mm, that's a good thing. It's so quiet, but it's so noisy. And I think that everyone would do a great job if they probably grabbed a few friends and went on a vacation. Maybe this crime would go down. Maybe people will stop being so crazy because we know that domestic disputes have gone up just due to this situation right now. I'm All I could do is just pray that it gets better. I have a wedding next month that I'm going to and I'm traveling um, via plane. Because Georgia is just too far. And, you know, I had to I had to think about what I was going to do. Because I'm like, listen, like, yes, they said they blocked these middle seats and blah, 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 blah. But these airlines at any given time, like, okay, we're revising the plan. We're amending the plan. And the next thing you know, the seats are back open. So I decided to fly first class. Like, no, I'm going to do this. It wasn't that much more. Do what you have to do. And I would, you know, I was going to tell people, maybe we could take advantage of that if you can, if you can afford it, fly first class. And maybe, you know, we we don't know, but maybe that can help if you are going to travel or if you are going to do things or, you know, because even if you go get tested, like, oh, I'm t- I tested negative. But then there's 20 people there and it's like, but we know that we shouldn't probably be in large groups of people. So even if everyone tested negative, you just still never know. It's very important. So I wanted to do something like read some funny stuff for you guys because I feel like, you know, every now and again we need a good old laugh. So I saw something and I was like, oh, let me read this to the people that listen to the podcast, which I appreciate you guys. So it says, February 14th is coming up. I'll be selling chocolate cover plan Bs. So hit me up. So (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny, like, Chocolate cover plan B's? What? But I think that um clearly everyone's in the house, so people are gonna be fucking. So you guys that's out there fucking, please don't get pregnant. Well no, get pregnant. Procreate, whatever it's called. 
Um, then I got another one that says, this girl posted a pic of her ass, and it's flat. So the girl who posted a picture of her ass is flat. And the caption said, it's me for him. So the girl said, so I'm assuming he like pancakes. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait a minute. That's something I think is whenever I see somebody with a flat ass, I normally say, oh my God, he must like pancakes. Or look at that ass, you can make a pancake on it. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I wanted to get into a few things about before I wrap this up, because clearly, you know, doing a show is fun. It's it, it gets you. It's entertaining. You're supposed to be entertaining, right, while doing the show. And I think that ultimately, we always want to have a good laugh. Um, it's going to be amazing. Okay, let's see. Um, he want a bitch with the stallion with the knees. It'd be like, how that boy moving them dreams? Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. So we do have a new president and vice president, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, I think everyone was so happy to get rid of the other president. Um, (laughs) everyone was so excited when he left, as far as anyone that has any type of morals, I feel like. Um, I think, ultimately, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say that the world is going to be better or what I was going to, because I feel like one person or two people cannot change this. It, it has to be everyone participating and trying to combat this virus. We're trying to all be better in our day-to-day lives and stop doing stupid shit. Like, please. It's ridiculous how you can't even go to the store and have someone saying, if I don't want to wear a mask, I don't have to wear a mask. Or someone's on a flight screaming at people because they don't want to do whatever it is. It's like, what the fuck? I don't understand it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And it's crazy as F to me that these people don't want to do better. It's really crazy to me. But and on, on a lighter note, I think we I think we're doing we're headed in a great direction. I think that's the focus that we need to focus on. And I feel like if we leave everything in a rear view, if you're looking for the prize, your eyes on the prize then eventually you'll get the prize, you know? I think that we just have to let up and let this thing take its course or do its course or whatever you want to say, and I think we'll be productive. I'll tell you a quick story. I remember when my grandfather was alive, he, you know, he just reminded me of such 
a man, like, I hate to say a man's man, but, like, he was, okay, let me back up. When my grandfather was alive, I remember him telling me a story about becoming an adult, and something that I will always value, he said, there's going to be times when you get up and you're not going to want to go to work. There's going to be times when you get up and you don't want well, he, this is what he said. He said, you're not going to want to talk to your wife. We all know that was the situation. But anyway, he was like, there's going to be times that you're going to get up and not want to wash. He said, all of these things are going to take place. But you know what? You do it because you have to live. You have to move on. You have to keep going. And it's like, depression is so real out here. And it's like, I've never experienced depression myself like that. But it's so real out here, and I want people to get better. Like, we have to. I, we have to get into therapy. We have to talk to somebody, even if you don't want it to be a therapist. Even if you just want it to be someone that, I, I don't, your friend, your mother, I don't know. But you need to talk to people because depression is real. And I keep hearing about this all the time. Like, oh, this is the situation. I feel like. You don't understand me. You don't understand my struggles. And it's like, sometimes people just need people to talk to. And even if it's like, hey, are you okay? Are you good? Maybe we need to pay it forward. You know, it could be the littlest thing that you can actually do for somebody. And I think that that's something that we all should do for 2021 is just say to somebody that you don't even know. Maybe, hey, how you doing? Like, is everything okay? Like, how are you doing during this, during these crazy times, maybe that can help someone. Because I was talking to someone today, and they said during the holidays they met someone, and it was like, "Hey, you know, listen, I know you're homeless, whatever, whatever, but I want to, I want you to have a nice holiday. So I'm gonna cook for you. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that, and blah blah blah." And she said he was so appreciative of what she did for her that he told her. When he gets a job, he she's going to be the first stop that he goes to. And it's the little things like that, I feel like, that help us move forward and grow. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's through service. And as long as we continue to, I think that we, we're unstoppable. So I wanted to end the show with this. And typically, I don't like to end on a negative note. And this is not negative, but it's more like, it's not uplifting, I should say. Because if any, if you know me, then you know me. But you guys are getting to know me. So what I normally do is I love to, like, say somebody asks you a question and they say, tell me the, the pros and the cons. Or give me a negative and a positive. I feel like you should always start with the negative and end on a positive note because it leaves the person with your last response as a positive thing. And... That's just what I've always done. <laughs> so with this, though, I wanted to bring up the song Damage by her. Because um, I feel like it's crazy because my coworker, she played the song back to back to back to back to back. I'm just like, what is going on over there? Keep playing it. But run it back, <laughs> as she would say. But um, we were listening to the song, and it got me to thinking that it got me to think. It got me to thinking how much damage we do to people, and we don't realize it. And 
you know, I can honestly say I'm someone that was ahead of my time. I remember dating a specific, well, my ex, and we went through, I won't say it was a tumultuous relationship, but what I will say is that I was not the best boyfriend. I cheated. I, I was crazy. You know, we had fights, physical fights, all types of things. And I remember I called him up and I was like, I have to apologize to you because I was 19 years old. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And not to excuse my behavior, but I feel like sometimes you have to tell people, like, I'm sorry. Like, that was, I didn't mean to do that to you. Because that damage can affect people and fuck up their lives and put them in places that they never wanted to be in. So... I say all of that to say this, be careful, watch what you do, because you don't know what you're doing to someone else's life or how you can mess them up. There's people that went crazy over men, there's people that are now on medicine because of men, there are are people now that, and and not only men, there's women as well, but I'm just, it's my life. So I'm kind of going that way. And I mean, this is not my life. This is not my situation. But I feel like when I listen to it, it makes me realize the potential that you can cause. Well, let me back it up. But it makes me realize the potential amount of damage that you can cause to somebody without you even knowing. And you just think, oh, I just cheated. Who cares? But you don't know how that affects that person moving forward. Maybe they never trust anybody else. And now that's their own issue that they have to deal with. But you did that to them. You caused that insecurity. So you may need to go back and say, I apologize. Or I, you might need to go back and say, listen, I didn't. I was in a messed up spot myself. And I was just doing what was done to me. Because I think that we're all ultimately, when you do things, it's normally because of something happened to you or something like that happened to you already. So you don't know how to um, move until you probably go through the appropriate channels to get you out of that situation. It's kind of like someone who's in an abusive relationship and then they might become an abuser. You know what I'm saying? Because they're used to that volatile situation. So you possibly need to go and have your own conversation with whoever you choose to have a conversation with so you can so it can help you so the bottom line is don't cause damage oh here's the positive note so we took this <laughs> we're gonna end with a positive don't do damage don't cause harm lead with love lead with love and I promise you it'll always get you to the promised land. I want to thank y'all for listening. I appreciate you guys. I'm back. I'm I'm back on track. Okay, got this back on track. So like like I always say, if you guys have any topics you want me to listen to, hit me up on Twitter. Um, I have a page on Twitter. The email is up. It's all on the link. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll check you guys next time.